The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Blessings, Ecclesia, and welcome. I'm Pastor Chris, and I want to welcome you to our service, our worship, and our online gathering for Mother's Day. This is a special day at Ecclesia. We typically pull out all the stops to honor and celebrate moms, and we've got a few things we've been doing. Uh, we're going to have a really special art display here at the Westside Campus. Our kids have been painting rocks, and we're going to put them all together in a beautiful display. So today, get out, drive by 325 Piney Point, roll the windows down, get some fresh air, and celebrate moms. I'm hoping every mother already has her beverage of choice in her hand. If not, kids, anybody around, help. Let's do that. And we're going to honor you and celebrate you today. And that means all of our women that mother in so many different ways. So let me invite you into our worship time with a prayer. Lord God, I thank you for the remarkable women of Ecclesia. I thank you for their faith. I thank you for their service and their kindness. And I pray today that as we worship, that they would find a sense of peace, a sense that though they are not in control of the circumstances of our life, that they are connected to the one who is, a God who loves them. And they're surrounded by a church family and others that love them deeply and profoundly. We pray all of this together and we pray it in your name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen. Ecclesia, let's worship together.
Ecclesia, it is a joy to be with you here today as we share a word of gratitude for all of the amazing women in our community. Women who tirelessly care not only for their own family and friends, but also for the countless vulnerable in this season. 
None of us would be able to face the challenges before us were it not for the influence of our own mothers and grandmothers, but also aunts and wise sisters, teachers, mentors, pastors, fierce protectors, loving guides, women who embody the patience of Sarah, the compassion of Deborah, the bravery of Esther, the faithfulness of Mary, and the selfless ministry of Priscilla, and all the others who declared God's glory as much by their own lives as their own word. We also see those for whom this day brings about complex feelings of hurting, loss, and absence. Know that we hold you near our hearts and you are near to God's own. We pray that you would know comfort. So for the mothers and the motherly, though we are separated by the pain of distance, we celebrate you all today, women of Ecclesia, women of valor, we love you. What I know, even when she's sleeping, she's still dreaming about you. That's the way that it goes, even when she's laughing. Well, part of her is worrying that there's something she didn't do. She only sits for a minute, she's a hummingbird in a living room She's a silhouette smiling with the weight of the world on her chest And she'll move a mountain for you by the afternoon A mother This is counting on angels And she's hoping that you're there But just in case every time she says your name It's like a little prayer And there's wishing stars for the hurt And band-aids for how it feels And the nightlight's on so even the sun gets to say But she's a stubborn believer the time House is how you heal. So, a mother never There ain't a broken bone or a birthday that she'll forget. She bit her lip and didn't cry the day your hatchback left. And when you hurt, she hurts. That's how it is. That's how it is. Yes. Well, here's what I know Even when she's sleeping She's still dreaming All about you Ecclesia, we continue to be committed even in this challenging season, to the work God calls us, sharing the gospel, caring for the vulnerable in our city and beyond, caring well for the spiritual health of our people, and especially for the care of our children. 
As we each consider our part in that offering, please speak this prayer along with me. Almighty God, you created everything in the heavens above and in the earth below. You survey all your creation and you savor its beauty and appreciate its goodness. To you, we lift up the best we have to offer from our time, talents, and resources. We give freely from what we have received from your hand. We give joyfully with the gratitude of a rescued people. We give generously with the excitement of children at play. We join with your mission and with your kingdom. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. It's Pastor Sean, and I'm honored to be able to take a couple of minutes to share what God has been doing in our community. As you know, for the last several weeks, we have been trying to lean in with people all around our community and around our world. And at first, it was just a couple of things that we were engaged in and doing. And each week, the list grows longer and longer. And the stories that we hear are more amazing every week. Even in our online services, we hear from people who are around the country, really around the world, who are amazed that in a time of safer at home and social distancing and all of the turmoil that's going on, that we remain God's people focused on God's creation and what God is doing in the lives of people around us and how we can partner with God. So you'll remember several weeks ago, we started our We're Gonna Make It Through Award. And the first recipient of that was Asher Castillo. Asher serves our community in so many beautiful ways and powerful ways. And just this last week, while he was taking his dog, Bandit, to the dog park, a guy walked up to him, not a member of our community, and said, hey, I recognize you. He remembered Asher from the We're Gonna Make It Through Award. And he was so impressed with how God is working in our community that he says, I really wanna get involved and that's what a lot of you are doing. I hear from people all of the time who are part of one of our campuses, either downtown or the west side, like we heard from a woman this last week, who feels like with all of the meetups and all of the online circling that we're doing, that she's getting to know our community in ways that she hadn't before. That she'd actually been longing to go deeper with us, with each other, and this has allowed her to do that. And so we're grateful that God's using this time to deepen us as a people and to help us serve one another. And there are so many stories of serving. There is a woman named Beth, one of our homeless sisters. Her tent was robbed and she lost all of the things that were important to her, all of the things that she needed. We were able to connect her with a goodie bag and she was glad to be remembered, but even happier about what was in the goodie bag, which were so many of the things that she needed that had been taken from her. There are people who are experiencing great meals. We have a fun, powerful partnership with Royals Family Restaurant. And so far for the last couple of Saturdays, we've been able to order from them. They deliver those to the West Side campus and people are picking them up, helping that business. And part of those proceeds go to help the homeless. But even bigger than that, even better than that, is that we're seeing people in our community seek out single moms and other folks who are struggling. And they're not providing dinner just for their family, but for those families as well, because that's what generosity does. 
it grows, it blooms, it blossoms. We are now serving in our community over 500 meals a week for people who really need them. And as great as that is, that we are serving a thousand meals per day in Kukata. God is using our community in a powerful, dramatic, and God-glorifying way in this time. And some of you have these signs in your yard. Maybe some of you got them because you stopped by one of our campuses and picked them up. But a lot of us got them because someone stopped by our house and dropped them off. Just a reminder that we are in this together and that we are gonna make it through. One of the stories we heard this week was about a man named Tom. One of our staff members stopped by his house to drop off this sign and when he heard that it was from Ecclesia and that we were praying for him, he broke down in tears. Ecclesia, we're not particularly remarkable. We're not unique in the universe. But what we are, are people who have decided to give all of our gifts and passion and energy to God's project in creation. And that brings me to this week's We Are Gonna Make It Through Award winner. Our winner this week is Julie Anderson. And on a normal weekend, pre-COVID, Julie served our homeless brothers and sisters through Simple Feast, preparing meals for them and serving them. And even doing more, she would make and send with them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches so they would have more food through the day and through the week. And in this time of social distancing and safer at home, they've not been able to circle and be together in the ways that they had become accustomed. So Julie is now using her sewing skills, making masks and selling those masks to people who need them and taking the proceeds from that to feed the hungry and the homeless. Julie is just one example of the way, Ecclesia, you have stepped in to serve and to be God's hand and feet to so many people in this really difficult time. And Ecclesia, we are not a unique or special people in the universe. We are just people who have decided to continue to partner with God and God's project for the reclamation, the redemption of all humanity. And so if you know someone, you see someone who is serving God in unique ways, we want you to nominate them for the We Are Going to Make It Through Award. And you can send that nomination to lauren at ecclesiahouston.org. And we would love to hear from you the stories of God's activity in your life and around the people that you know and love well. Well, now, Ecclesia, we get a treat to hear from our sister Erica Graham as she brings us a message today. God bless. Hello, Ecclesia. I am so honored to be preaching on Mother's Day. And I know that this day comes with a lot of joy and a lot of pain for many of you. And for that reason, I really took this sermon seriously and I wanted to be intentional about the words that I used. And so you might notice me reading a little bit more from my script than I normally do. And that's because I'm taking this sermon seriously and also I'm gonna be telling a story that I've never told and I don't really know how to tell it yet. So if you notice me reading a little more, just know that that's why. And as I prepared for today, 
As I prepared this sermon, I asked my mom, who's a much more experienced mother than I, um, I have a child due in August, if you can tell, but um, I have not been a mom for very long, if at all. And so I asked my mom, what are the best and worst parts of being a mother? And if you know Debbie, she's an optimist. So she started out with her favorite parts of being a mom. And she told me that she loved witnessing my brother and I's firsts, our first steps, our first kindergarten graduation, the first time we told her we loved her, the first time we kissed her, and she talked about all the joys of parenting. And I was ready to hear the worst because honestly, as a teenager, I gave my mom a little bit of trouble. So I wanted her to be honest. And I said, what's, what's the hardest part of being a mother? And she said that the hardest part was watching her kids suffer or get sick. My mom still gets teary-eyed when she talks about sick children. When I was three years old, I was tired, like so tired. I actually found preschool to be rather exhausting. And I started to get bruises all over my body and I lost the vibrance in my skin and eyes. We have this one photo from when I was three years old and it was taken before we knew I was sick, but you can tell that I'm sick because the photo looks like me, only it doesn't. The coloring in my skin and I have bags under my eyes. We weren't exactly sure what was wrong with me. And there was one day that I got a bloody nose and I went to the doctor and it wouldn't clot. So the bloody nose just went on and on. And I got some tests done that day. And I ended up needing a bone marrow test. And that's where they take this shot and they extract some of your bone marrow and test it. And the results from that test came back grim. All my platelet levels were scary low. I had one emergency blood transfusion immediately after that test. And then my future transfusions were all from my father because he ended up being a match for me. You know that dodgeball quote from Bed Stiller that says, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Uh, I like to say that because I bleed my dad's blood because he was my donor for all my transfusions. The doctors told my parents that I had aplastic anemia and leukemia most likely. It was the first time I saw my parents cry. And I told my mom that Jesus told me I would be okay. It's my mom's favorite story to tell. She loved telling all her teacher friends that her daughter was talking and hearing from Jesus. And honestly, I'm, I think there's a pretty high probability that I made that story up. I'm not sure if Jesus actually talked to me or told me that I would be okay, but I knew every time I told that to my mother, it made her happy and it made her stop crying. In the days to come, I was treated and seen by Dr. Shahidi, one of the world's experts in pediatric oncology and blood disorders. And as it turns out, my platelets did shut down, 
but it wasn't because of aplastic anemia or leukemia. It was a combination of a virus in mono that struck at the same time and shut my bone marrow down. We got this news after four months of testing in the hospital. But perhaps the most powerful memory from this time was my roommate in the hospital. See, my mom was able to stay with me every night that I had to spend in the hospital, but her mom wasn't because her mom was a hardworking single parent with multiple siblings to take care of. And my dad got to be at home with my brother. So my mom stayed with me every night. And I'll never forget my roommate crying for her mom in the middle of the night. And my mom would try to comfort her and so would the nurses, but nobody could comfort her the way that her own mother could. And I learned something. Perhaps that's the power of a mom. Those nights taught me something about motherhood. And I learned that there was magic, not just in my own mom, but in everybody's mom. I ended up getting better and I grew up happy and healthy, happy for the most part. But since I was three, I've always had kind of a dark side where I think about death a lot. I wanted to know what happens when we die. And I still want to know. And sometimes my darker side would make me feel a little lonely around the holidays because I felt like holidays, everyone was supposed to be so happy. And if I wasn't, was there something wrong with me? I think on Mother's Day today, a lot of us have that feeling. For some of us, it's a joyful celebration. And for others, today is really hard. For the women waiting for their miracle and struggling with infertility. For the mothers who have lost a child and miscarried and suffered a stillbirth. For the daughters who are grieving their mother's death. For the daughters and mothers with strained relationships, honoring hard boundaries that keep everyone happy and safe. For those who have chosen not to have children, as well as those who would like to have them one day. At Ecclesia in this community, we see all of you today. And at Ecclesia, we hold on to this Christian faith and this Christian idea that our God knows what it's like to watch a child suffer and even die. Our God also knows what it's like to celebrate new life and resurrection. And so whatever range of emotions you're feeling today, please know that in Christianity, our God has been there and done that. Our miraculous God holds space for it all. And isn't that what being a mother means? To hold space? Not just in our bodies, literally, but also hold space for others in the world. I truly believe that mothering is much more a verb than a noun. There are many ways people have mothered me well. And maybe they didn't make space for me in their womb, but they made space for me and stretched out their lives for me in courageous ways that have changed who I am today, as lots of good mothers do. You know, the Bible talks about motherhood as an adjective and verb. And in Isaiah 66, 13, God identifies with motherhood and Mother Jerusalem as the deity that works alongside the city 
to inspire the Israelites' miraculous rebirth. Isaiah 66:13 reads, As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. So God describes comfort as a quality that comes from motherhood. And when I think of comfort, I think of things like feeding, loving, clothing, visiting. I think of all the things that my mom did for me in the hospital and also throughout my entire life. And the reality is, Jesus expects all of us to mother each other. We were not made or born to feed ourselves. I believe that Matthew 25 explains what it means to be a mother today. And it's a parable about Jesus that lives on today so well on Mother's Day. Matthew 25:35 reads, You shall be richly rewarded, for when I was hungry, you fed me. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was alone as a stranger, and you welcomed me into your homes and into your lives. I was naked, and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick, and you tended to my needs. I was in prison, and you comforted me. Even then, the righteous will not have achieved perfect understanding and will not recall these things. So the righteous responded, Master, when did we find you hungry and give you food? When did we find you thirsty and slake your thirst? When did we find you a stranger and welcome you in? Or find you naked and clothe you? When did we find you sick and nurse you to health? When did we visit you when you were in prison? And the king responds, I tell you this, whenever you saw a brother or sister hungry or cold, whatever you did to the least of these, so you did to me. Ecclesia, I think this parable from Matthew 25 describes the kind of mothering that we're doing right now. We're creating space for each other. We're seeing each other, feeding each other, and meeting each other's needs. If you're plugged into Ecclesia, you know that during this pandemic, we as a community have been mothering each other. Right now, we are pushing out hundreds of meals every week to feed our homeless brothers and sisters. We're also continuing to fundraise for our brothers and sisters in Venezuela. And Stephen Brown organized a cool local fundraiser where he goes to different restaurants and he organizes us to all order and support our local restaurants here in Houston. Because we know that mothering is often a community activity. One definition of mothering from the Oxford Dictionary is this. It's to look after someone kindly and protectively. Used in a sentence, it says, she felt mothered by her older sister. And from that sentence, I am reminded that mothering doesn't mean that it's always coming from a mother, but it's an active verb, just like the actions oriented in Matthew 25. I believe that's what it means to mother well during a pandemic. And the Bible offers a whole range of what mothering can look like. In fact, it was extremely hard for me to pick a passage for this sermon. Because oftentimes on Mother's Day, people will use Proverbs 31, which is an entire poetic description of an upper-class Jewish wife and all the things that she does on a daily basis in her house. 
And within Proverbs 31, it calls men to acknowledge the hard labor of women within the household. But that's just one description of what motherhood and womanhood can look like in the Bible. At the beginning of Proverbs 31, it reads, it talks about a virtuous woman. And a more accurate translation of that is actually a woman of valor. And in the Bible, it talks about Ruth being a woman of valor. And Ruth was unmarried. She didn't have any children or influence when, they, when the Bible calls her a woman of valor. And so it becomes clear that being a virtuous woman of valor can look like many different things. And perhaps the most famous mother in Christianity, Mary, is somebody worth talking about today. Because she displays a different kind of motherhood that many of us might not notice today. You know, I taught freshman and sophomore English, and I often wonder if an unwed pregnant woman were in my class and her name was Mary, would I take her seriously? If she showed up at a PTO meeting with lots of opinions, would we take her seriously? See, the Bible challenges us to redefine the complexity of motherhood and all the ways that women can exist in the world. And today we celebrate you all. If you have children, long for children, are unable to get pregnant, have buried a child, have cremated a mother, chose not to raise children, you are loved and today Ecclesia honors you. And so does Jesus, just as you are. Ecclesia, let me pray with you. Dear God, I pray that as we celebrate today, that we will make space for the variety of experiences. I pray that we will give ourselves permission to celebrate the mothers whom we love, the mothers in our lives. And I pray that we will also mourn the loss that so many mothers and daughters feel on a day like today. I pray that when we wonder how to take care of each other, that we will remember the verb of mothering, that we will rise and act like Matthew 25, to feed the hungry and give water to the thirsty and to clothe the naked, because that's the kind of community that Ecclesia is called to be, and it's the kind of community that we have always been. In your name we pray, amen. Friends, as we have walked through the Easter story over the last few weeks, there's one particular moment that has struck me in a new way this year, and it's this moment where the disciples are, are tucked away in this little room because they're afraid of the, the powers and authorities that, are, that may come kill them in the way that they've killed Jesus. And, and in, then into their midst, Jesus shows up in the flesh to reassure them. And Chris told us this story on Easter Sunday about how he came once and then he had to come again for Thomas. But what struck me this year is that this is the incarnation again even after the resurrection. So death has been defeated and, and we still need the incarnation. We still need the body of Jesus to show up, to breathe peace and love over us. Uh, the disciples needed it in a very tangible way. And I think we need it in a very tangible way. 
And, and then it struck me, this is why we come back to the communion table week after week is because we need to encounter the very real love of Jesus in his body, in his blood, on our behalf. And so as we come to the table again, uh, friends, will you join in this confession prayer uh, as, as we prepare our hearts for communion? Lord, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. Lord, you forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. You are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Amen. And so friends, we return again to the communion table uh, and we tell the story of Jesus again. And we remember how the night before he went to the cross on our behalf, he gathered with his friends and his disciples and they ate the Passover meal together. And in the course of that meal, Jesus took bread and he blessed God and he broke the bread and he offered it to his friends. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Whenever you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. And then they ate the meal and at the end of the meal, he took a cup of wine and again, he blessed God and he offered it to his friends and he said something new. He said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of your sins. So whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And so friends, we remember Jesus. We look back at his life and his death and his resurrection, but we also look forward and anticipate the heavenly banquet feast where we will get to feast eternally with our God in the place where there is no more isolation, no more separation, no more weariness, no more tears. Uh, we will get to feast and that's where our hope lies. Friends, uh, join with me with whatever elements you have before you um, that you've got in your home. Today, I've got some pita bread and some wine. Uh, may this be a feast that we celebrate and encounter the very body and blood of Jesus together. Amen.
This is the time in our service where we say a blessing over the children in our lives. Beautiful child, I pray that your days continue to be filled with joy, laughter, love, and family and friends who guide you in the way of truth. May you always remember that God is always on your side and will never leave you or forsake you. Know that you are seen, you are loved, you are cared for, and you were created for a purpose. May the days ahead be filled with joy, and may you not lack for anything. In Christ's name we pray, amen. The benediction is drawn from Psalm 36. Your love, O eternal one, towers high into the heavens. Even the skies are lower than your faithfulness. Your justice is like the majestic mountains. Your judgments are as deep as the oceans, and yet in your greatness, you, O eternal, animate every living thing. Your strong love, God is precious. All people run for shelter under the shadow of your wings. 
In your house, they eat and are full at your table. They drink from the river of your overflowing kindness. You have the fountain of life that quenches our thirst. Your light has opened our eyes and awakened our souls. And so in blessing to all mothers who embody this nurturing touch, open-armed hospitality, boundless compassion, we bless you for each of you, family of Ecclesia, that you too may know this embrace today. Go in love and serve the Lord. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.